Mission 2, San Jose Avenue. From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Welcome to Total SF Heather Night. Still high off our fantastic on-location interview this week. I'm really enjoying that we're trying to get out and about and not just record on Zoom. We were at Mount Davidson, and it was stunning. Yeah, I get kind of, like, really sad when I'm on Zoom with you. And it's, <laughs> it's not you, but I just don't want to be on Zoom any more than I have to. And now that we've done these location um, interviews, I, I don't want to do it any other way. Me too. It's so much better. Yeah, well, our guest today is Luke Wicker, probably listening to this on a 10-hour flight to London right now, Um, but this isn't an angry person leaving San Francisco story. Luke loves San Francisco enough to run all 76 of the city's peaks in one day. This was a 65-mile run through San Francisco, covering 10,000 feet of elevation. Um, I'm blown away. Yes, and ladies, you'll be glad to know that I did a lot of digging about the bathroom situation. (laughs) There's a lot of bathroom talk in this episode. Um, We don't get too personal, but there's a lot of questions involving (laughs) the bathrooms. Mostly from me. So we met on the peak of Mount Davidson. Heather, describe the scene. Yeah, so we carried up um, folding chairs and little tables and mics and got our workout um, climbing from the base to the top of the mountain and then set up there. We could see Sutro Tower the skyline, Salesforce Tower, Transamerica Pyramid, um, going south to the Hunter's Point Crane and the bay. And you could see a lot up there. It was great. And we were up there on a perfectly clear blue day. Yeah, I'm amazed also how San Franciscans now think it's totally normal for like a couple of people to lug up 50 pounds of podcasting equipment (laughs) on the tallest mountain of the city. Um, We tried not to get to like the really scenic area so people wouldn't be bugged by us. But so they're walking by like with their dogs and we're conducting this podcast. It must have been totally weird. And nobody even like blinked an eye. Yeah, I think they were wondering secretly what we were up to, but nobody said anything. (laughs) So we talk with Luke about how he started ultra running. It's not what I suspected. Every one of your bathroom-related ultra running (laughs) questions are answered in this podcast. And we talk a lot about San Francisco, including its best and most underrated peaks. Lots of love for San Francisco in this episode. Um, Shout out, I just want to say, to Liam Lonsdale, Dave Schweisguth, Patty O'Leary, and photographer Tony DePasquale, um, they all ran. They were like his support group. And I didn't get to really ask him about it, but I wanted to shout them out because this was a real team effort. Ultra runner Luke Wicker coming up. I'm Peter Hartlob here with Heather Knight, and this is Total SF. Thank you very much. Welcome to Total SF, and welcome to Mount Davidson, Luke Wicker, ultra runner, um, just hauled up a bunch of stuff up here. He had run miles and miles before it, and I was out of breath at the top, and he's just like, hey, how's it going, talking? Welcome to our podcast, Luke. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, so grateful to have a sunny day on Mount Davidson with no wind. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful up here. Um Birds are chirping. That's not sound that we piped in in post-production. Describe our scene right here. What's our view like, Heather? 
So we're at the top of Mount Davidson. I'm taking pictures as we talk. Um, we can see Sutro Tower. We can see Salesforce Tower and the whole city skyline, Transamerica Pyramid, the Bay, Hunter's Point Crane. We can see a lot up here. It's beautiful. Heather, where would you rate this in the three remotes that we've done now? The top of a drag club, uh, <laughs> SF Oasis, a slow street that was being painted as a mural, and the top of Mount Davidson. I'm going to say this is my favorite. I mean, I love talking to the drag queen, but um, in terms of views, this is stunning. Yeah. Well, Luke, we're thrilled to have you here. Um, I've talked to you once already. We're going to cop to that because I wanted to get your story out as quickly as possible. Um, Let's start there. 76 peaks, 10,000 feet of elevation, 65 miles in one day, up before sunrise, done before sunset. How did this idea come up? And how did you physically do it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, so I guess, I guess with the idea, you know, there's a, there's a history of creative projects in this city. We've had Ricky Gates running every single street. Um, we have the two of you with your 49 mile makeover and the the Mooney project and you know there's there's something to be said for getting creative with running which is you know there's set distances a lot of the time and people are just kind of happy to run a marathon or happy to run a half or you know in, in the ultra world it could be 50 miles or such but there's there's another level to it which is like what happens when you use your entire city as your canvas and what can you do to like really get to know your city better and I think as an ultra runner the best way to do that is to to run the city um, so I was lucky enough to pull it off without injury so far uh, <laughs> well, we're gonna we're gonna get deep into the run in a little bit but I, I want to know kind of how you think uh, you arrived in San Francisco in 2015. You get in this city. Most people, you know, think about the places they can go, think about the beautiful views. Do you start looking at the hills and, like, plotting out? You, you, you use the word canvas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're at Mount Davidson now, and we can see probably at least, like, 10 or more peaks. And that's really hard to kind of ignore from a running aspect. You're like very tempted to look at one and think about how you can get to the top and um that is i i guess the temptation is hard to resist when you come to san francisco and you know it's a hilly city everyone talks about it being a difficult place to run but um as a kind of a runner that wants those challenges it's it's uh exactly the kind of place you want to be so i um I was running Twin Peaks for a while and that's obviously the, the famous spot to, to go to and the views are amazing and um, you start to run that a lot but yeah, I guess there's there's an element of one-upmanship, I'm not going to lie, some sort of <laughs> ego, some ego to it where you're like, could I do all of them? And then um, just just seeing it, as I, as I mentioned, like, what what a beautiful thing to to have seen the city from every single high point and and that was kind of the inspiration so what date was this that you did this run yeah march march the 6th um i had i'm i'm honestly terrible at waking up so <laughs> that was a challenge but waking up at four that morning and then um i started running at 
just after six at Sutro Heights Park by the, the Cliff House uh-huh. um, and Sutro Baths. And that, um, that, that's kind of the perfect place to start because you'll run into, into sunrise. Yeah. And I, I've never run from that side of town at sunrise before. So the, getting the kind of view of some of those streets at sunrise also felt pretty epic. Wow. Yeah. And so how many hours were you running? Just under 13. So <laughs> 12, I think it's 12 hours, 57 minutes wow. and exactly 30 seconds. Which feels... <laughs> but who's <laughs> counting? Yeah, who's counting? And it also feels quite fake to say 30 seconds. So I... I query it myself, but um, yeah, it was a long day and um, I finished just after sunset. So wow. it was um, life life in a day, in a sense. Wow. And how many breaks did you take? This was an issue on our total muni because I have to go to the bathroom more often than Peter being a woman. <laughs> so he kept getting annoyed with me. Um, <laughs> how many breaks were you taking? I, I took, um, I think four, maybe five. So we plot, you know, in these kind of projects, you're plotting out your aid stops where you can get food, where you can, you can stop for a bathroom break and, um, four official stops and one unofficial stop (laughs) in, um, the Presidio right at the end, uh, just to get food, just to, to kind of also psych yourself up again mentally and also to admire the view. So each of those stops was, um, was at a peak. So one was here Uh and it's a bit too tempting just to stop and hang around for a long time. But uh, a few of my team were on my case to get run in and to to kind of... What's an acceptable length of break? (laughs) That's a great, great question. Because I think for me, it would probably be like 20 minutes. But for for faster people, it's probably five or 10 minutes at the most. Paddy, who's one of my team and ran with me for a bit on the day, he... He was kind of nagging to to kind of get me moving again yeah. and keeping me um, on time. Heather has a lot of bathroom break questions. <laughs> uh, and I want to say for the record that I wasn't angry at Heather about the bathroom breaks. I was c- kind of more just like, really? And that, it was, I, I was like more astounded. Another one? We just had one. All right. All right. We'll find it. Uh, so... How much of this is planned out like block by block by block? Because yeah. I saw the Strava and it's it's all around. And how much of it is like, okay, there's points where we're going to have to wing it. We're going to have to see if we can get access to this. Yeah. So obviously you kind of want to run a lot of this this kind of loop. And I had run most of it except for some of the dog patch section, which I knew pretty well from running in the past. And... I was almost perfectly kind of on the intended loop for most of it, except we, there's, there's a stretch, I I think through um, kind of Bayview where I I can never remember what the name of the place is, but it's kind of a a food depot where all the trucks leave from. And um, it's the street, I think below Evans Ave. I can't remember the name of the actual street, but you the plan was to pass through this kind of shipping port and really just get to view all the containers and get to see them doing their thing because it felt like a really unique stretch of the city and they had construction there so we had to detour and at that point it threw us off a little bit because you're like 
trying to make sure you're not off route or going further you know at least for me mentally every single wrong turn is pretty kind of heartbreaking because you're just like okay we're gonna have to retrace our steps and now I've got to do an extra like half a mile so you are really trying to get everything right Um, I did a lot of street view scouting as well just to like remind myself of things so even though I knew a peak or I knew a route I would kind of go through turn by turn on street view late at night just to make sure that we we kind of did have the right directions to go and that I wasn't kind of having tricks of the mind mm-hmm. in um Potrero Hill we we took one wrong turn and ended up going up a re- <laughs> just an incredibly steep hill that I, I knew I wanted to go up but from a slightly different angle where I had a, a slightly less of a steep gradient and we were maybe 45 50 miles in at that point so the idea of going up the steepest part of it um, also broke me <laughs> yeah so while we were talking I got a note from my editor um, not kidding I had sent her a note saying hey I'm going to miss the meeting I'm on Mount Davidson recording a podcast sent her a photo she writes um, uh, maybe the weird she has a question for you <laughs> this is my point um, she says as a runner who sometimes covers distance I'm curious how he found bathrooms along the way see everybody women want to know about bathrooms everybody has questions about the bathrooms <laughs> Tell us everything about the bathroom. Yeah, that's, that's, what the, that's what the listeners want to know. Um, that's a great... Oh, God. I think the the truth of the matter is that I was so dehydrated that by, like, midday, I was not going to the bathroom a lot. And... Which is worrying, obviously. You're, like, I'm, you're drinking, like, two bottles of, of water or two handheld flasks of water between every aid. And that was every like 10 miles or so and um i guess without wanting to confess too many things on a public <laughs> podcast also i i was lucky just to kind of step off a trail in presidio and yeah and do it's my easier thing for guys it is yeah. we're, <laughs> we're lucky very lucky in that sense so um i think yeah there there's there's kind of not a lot of public bathrooms along no. the way this is a problem in san francisco in general it is yes. it is quite tower i think i was i was tempted to to go there and then just gave up waiting so <laughs> well we won't ask you any more about bathrooms what <laughs> that, was your that's fav- not a that's not a guarantee <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what was your favorite peak we're on it we're we're actually, on yeah it. we're on mount davidson which i love um i think it's I think I hold it dearly in my heart from just years of running up to it and also gazing up at it, really. You know, you can see this this face that we're on that kind of comes out of the, the forest and it always looks quite majestic. Yeah. Yeah. And so, to me, that is, is the peak. I it's, think Matt Davidson is sort of like the underrated cousin to Twin Peaks, but why do you like this one better? exactly that (laughs) i think um you've got so many tourists on twin peaks and also the cars i think have now and obviously we we all feel probably quite strongly about this the cars have kind of ruined the vibe since they reopened that road um but i love that it's pedestrians up here everyone's just walking hiking around you can kind of come through the trails if you come from the other the side of mount davidson 
And then there's something great about the fact no one, or not many people know it's the, the tallest peak in the city. Uh-huh. So everyone goes to Twin Peaks thinking that's the tallest point. And if you're a San Franciscan, maybe you already know that this is. Yeah. And there's also a giant cross on mm. the mountain, which um, I'm not particularly religious, and my little boys thought it was a plus sign for adding. <laughs> <laughs> I just think about it as like, because the first time I saw it was in Dirty Harry, the movie. Mm. So I'm just like, oh, that's a Dirty Harry prop. I don't think about that. <laughs> um, what about the most underrated peak? Is, is there Are there one or two that, and you kind of mentioned this as one, but one or two that just like don't get enough love? Yeah, yeah. Well, Bayview, Bayview Park has a great peak. Um that I hadn't visited before really starting this project and the views there are incredible so you know we we can see it from here we're looking straight out at it and the the view is almost 360 so you can look out see downtown see Mount Davidson and everything there but also you've got the 101 you've got the bay and it's really quiet and it's very green at the top so the more I've started to explore that place, the more I realized how underrated it is. And you can drive there and um, hike, kind of park, park at the bottom and hike up. It's actually one of the steepest climbs, uh, at least at least of like the the major peaks. So that was brutal. Um, <laughs> we we definitely power hiked up that. There was no running, but it's also got a really cool scramble up to the top of the peak. So obviously. When you do a project like this, you're trying to hit the exact top because you don't want anyone calling you out and saying you didn't scale it. So we scrambled up this kind of bit of rock through some poison oak, got a few, you know, rashes from that. And then um, you stand on what is maybe an old kind of gas canister or something at the top that has tons of graffiti, all the evidence of people hanging (laughs) up there. And... um, yeah, you, you get to look out over the whole city from there. We'll be right back after this short break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price price line so how'd you how'd you start running were you were you running in high school and college i'm, I'm curious mm. how the path starts for an ultra runner <laughs> um not at all i have to say so i was a soccer player for a long time a lazy one at that and then at art school I just gave up all sports in favor of kind of trying to uh you know become a creative mind and at some point in my life in London I just realized how much alcohol I was drinking and how much beer I was consuming and that sent me on a a, a physical kind of path of uh discovery again and it it kind of culminated in me actually running an ultra in the UK where it was the intention was that we would show up to an ultra race with a um, well I should say that ultra running is heavily male and it shouldn't be obviously and 
So we because of the bathrooms. It is no <laughs> doubt. You're right. You're right. And you often look at pictures of the start lines, and they're um, mainly men looking very macho, thinking they're about to run really fast. And so we we turned up to this race in in 2015, and my friend Sorrel back in the UK, she organised for lots and lots of women to turn up to this start line so the ratio was like 50 50 oh, cool. and so we all just showed up to that and that was my first ultra and it was 100k and i thought that was it i was done and i moved here and then suddenly it was like oh wait i this is even better so <laughs> you've got marin you've got the east bay and south bay and all the the parks so i kind of just continued from there what brought you from the uk yeah it was work so um, I was a Londoner my whole life and I honestly I, I came to California once for, for a project and we were so blessed with kind of amazing weather and it was the summer of 2014 the World Cup was on Soccer World Cup and it was in Brazil so we're on like the, the right time zone for, for things in comparison to being in Europe and we spent six weeks in San Francisco where we just got to see the city. And at that point, it was so... Like, California felt like such a kind of dream. So when we were approached to to come out here, there was, like, absolutely no hesitation on our part. So, yeah, we moved out here. And I've worked, I've been working at Facebook kind of this entire time and they've been really supportive of everything. So um, it's allowed me to, to, we've traveled on loads of projects to see things, films, things here. Running has taken me all over the, the country as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, California now feels like home. What, what about San Francisco? As you continued to live here, how did that evolve, um, your relationship with the city and the running mm-hmm. and your love for this city? Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. 2015 and 2016, I think at first I I took these shortcuts of like, okay, I'm going to like take an Uber or a Lyft or like, I wasn't at first using public transport as much as I should have been. And as soon as that changed, like I started taking the tram a lot a lot more riding a lot more and you just start to realize like why have I not been doing this this whole time like by taking those modes of transport or by hiking or running like you see so much more of the city and you start to kind of you you start to really realize how beautiful this place is even even when it's foggy like that is incredibly scenic and um I think there's a parallel to London that is actually, in my opinion, quite a green city. You can you can look around and you see so so much greenery on the peaks and in the parks, and so I think my relationship started to morph as as we kind of just started to explore more. And of course, we also bought a car, so that helped. <laughs> and on Friday, the day that this podcast will come out, you're actually leaving San Francisco and going back home to London. Why are you doing that? Yeah, so we want to be with family. We've, we've obviously been really lucky to be here for five years or nearly six years. So the, the prospect of um, seeing our little kind of nieces grow up without us is... It's been hard to take during the pandemic mm-hmm. and 
you know when you're away from family you really want to give them that support so mm-hmm. that's that's our intention is to once everything returns to normal be closer to them mm-hmm. but we certainly haven't kind of we haven't closed off San Francisco as a as a future home so this is the San Francisco round that's it, what you're calling it exactly and, and it's available to everybody yeah so we've we um again I was really lucky to to kind of find a list of hills online um this guy Dave who must have had like 10 15 emails from me he was kind enough to respond to me and Liam both of us were kind of talking about this project for for a while last year and um neither of us managed it at the time and we looked at this list of hills and you know if you go into wikipedia i think there's 42 listed on wikipedia but that doesn't count kind of every single peak that um if you were to look at the map you'd see the contours and the elevation change on the map much much more than 42 times so if you really start to dig in you you end up with it's 79 peaks um there's probably a few more you could throw in if you looked at the coast but a, uh three of those peaks aren't accessible right now so we've we've got kind of the japanese tea garden the botanical garden both of those have very small peaks yeah. but they're technically their peaks going by this kind of um process we had but because you have to pay to get in if you're not a, a resident and because they're kind of open at certain times of the day we we scrap those from the list so that it's almost become a genre when people leave san francisco which is what you're doing to kind of two middle fingers on the way out or you know the media we're, we're complicit you know 15 dollar burritos and that becomes the headline that seems like the exact opposite of what you're doing yeah yeah well it's it's weird to think about leaving a place and place and just trashing it you know like why would why would you do that when you've called it home for so long and particularly san francisco i think there's so many good things about this city and you really get a sense that people who live here take pride in kind of trying to to look after it as a city you know it's it's referred to as a, a phoenix city and it always kind of comes back and um i think right now is the perfect time for it to re-establish its greatness in in the kind of eyes of outsiders what makes it special and um, one of those many aspects is that it's a place that really allows for outdoor adventures both beyond the the on the bridges and beyond and in the city itself well i don't think you should leave san francisco without taking our famous lightning round (laughs) yeah happily (laughs) (laughs) where's your favorite place in the city to get a burrito yeah taqueria cancun on mission street just opposite royal cuckoo so i gotta follow up on the burrito question what do you order like you're running i i looked at your strava it said six thousand calories it's like 6300 calories you're at the end of a run like that. What kind of burrito do you order <laughs> to replenish yourself? You could yourself? get like five burritos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, normally, I'm I'm kind of a, a veggie burrito because their their super veggie burrito is incredible. Uh-huh. Um, it's like the perfect combo, and obviously, everyone's going to have a controversial take on this, but yeah, it's like the perfect amount of everything. So always that. What's your favorite movie filmed in San Francisco? Probably controversial, but The Rock. 
Oh, that's a good one. We showed that at the Balboa. Yeah, it's a great film. I mean, (laughs) who wouldn't want to kind of jump around Alcatraz and and kind of go from place to place? Who doesn't love Sean Connery? Never apologize or feel like it's controversial to say The Rock is your favorite San Francisco movie. That's that's one of our lessons of the day, along with all the the bathroom (laughs) stuff. Um, What's your favorite place to get a stiff drink? I love Royal Cuckoo. Mm -hmm. That bar, for me, has like such a great vibe with the um, organ in there, all the all the music playing. And then we also also used to go to Rock Bar a lot. Uh So again, they're local to me, but I think they feel very San Franciscan. Um, They've got a really good vibe, and and the owners there are like lovely people. Yeah. Um, What was your first concert? this is a weird concert, but <laughs> <laughs> there was a band called Jagged Edge back in, uh, God, the like 90s, early 2000s, mm-hmm. like R&B band. And they came to London and I went to see them. Okay. What will you miss most about San Francisco and what are you glad to say goodbye to? Oh my God, that's hard. There's so many things I'll miss. Uh, the weather, for one. I love it. Being, being from the UK, like the fact that we're sitting here in March and we've got blue skies above us is amazing. And then the amount of biking that happens here as well, I mm-hmm. think that it's, it's a more bikeable city than I think people give it credit for. And obviously that's just in continuing to increase with JFK Drive and those things. I will... What I won't miss, I guess, is... Um, the price of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we're like massive proponents of Four Barrel. We love their roasting. Yeah. So good, but... But it's made you poor. Uh, yeah, I'm addicted to it, so I can't... <laughs> I spend so much money on their beans. Whatever you do, do not say what the price of that coffee is. Or <laughs> that will no, be the headline. No one will talk about anything on this podcast <laughs> except the $47. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My husband is also from England, and people always think Americans are terrible at determining accents, and they always think he's from Australia. Where do people think you're from? Yeah, the same, actually. They think I'm Australian, (laughs) or um, people think I'm from Essex, whereas I'm from Croydon in South London. Oh, don't even ask Americans to say where within England you're from. That would never happen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, London has a famous ferris wheel called the london eye which is popular and to my knowledge is just a permanent fixture san franciscans are spending the pandemic arguing about whether we should have a much smaller ferris wheel in golden gate park where do you stand on the ferris wheel debate do you get an idea where where heather stands on the (laughs) ferris wheel debate based on that question um i am pro that ferris wheel i actually I that's where I go and kind of run around um I do my workouts on that loop uh-huh. so because uh the track itself in Golden Gate gets quite busy so I've just I've just stuck to running around that space and it, at night it's lit up and it looks beautiful and yeah no one's on it but like what a cool thing to see in the kind of skyline yeah uh what is something that you're looking forward to about the pandemic ending? Something you're not allowed to do now that you really want to do? I think group runs. Uh-huh. I mean, there's so many things with like the 
the absence of human touch, I guess. So yeah. that, <laughs> like getting drunk in a bar with people. <laughs> but I, um, I really miss going running with, with groups of runners. We've got kind of San Francisco Running Company used to put on a, a run every Saturday here. And that's honestly how I found a lot of my, my friends and my running buddies through that, those group runs. And they've, they've been on pause and I, I miss kind of trailing in the wake of all the fast runners in that group and mm-hmm. trying to keep up with them. And last question, what is something you always make sure to squeeze into your busy day? <laughs> A run. <laughs> I figured. <laughs> Very on brand. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, first of all, Heather and Luke, I think we need to get a fourth mic up here for all the people walking by who are like looking over and like, what, what the hell? is going on? This is not, this is totally out of place. Um, there was a dog there that I think wanted to come on our podcast. <laughs> Very it would good. probably give better answers, actually. So <laughs> no, you were amazing. <laughs> well, I wish you safe travels and we hope you come back. And that means like to visit or to come and live or. Um, this is what you did is one of the most San Francisco things I've ever heard. So I think you're just always going to be part of the fabric of this place. And, and please come back and let us know when you're around. And uh, I may even go on a very short run with you. Yeah. Please. Not a long one. I will not. <laughs> I would love that. Thank you so much. I will much. drink in the bar with you at the end. Yes, that's what we can do. We could run from bar to bar. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Thank you so much, and uh, safe travels, and we hope to see you soon. Thank you. You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you to Heather Knight and our guest, Luke Wicker. Total SF is a production of the Chronicle. Our music is The Tide Will Rise by the Sunset Shipwrecks off their album Community and Cable Car Bell Ringing by eight-time champion Byron Cobb. Support Total SF in the newsroom that creates it by treating yourself to a digital Chronicle edition at sfchronicle.com slash pod. 